0: Welcome to another episode of Katie Talks Trash, where I, Katie, talk trash about all my favorite escapism reality television, particularly The Bachelor, Um, but I also cover some Bravo um, stuff, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about The Bachelor today. Um, We're going to talk about episode three, where... Um, Matt James remains maybe the most boring bachelor of all time. Um, and these girls remain the craziest and most immature girls of all time. So <laughs> uh, that's my personal opinion. I mean, you guys might have another opinion, but I just find um, Matt extremely boring and these girls extremely catty. And I was talking to somebody about it this morning, and I, I just – I. And I've said it before on here is that like uh, we just had such an amazing season with Tasha, just being like a normal person, and then the men that she they picked for her, well technically they picked her for Claire, but um, they also, you know, stayed on for Tasha. But the men that they cast were just like normal men, and um, you know, the one fight that we had, well I don't even count Jason and Ed, but if we're gonna talk about, th- there were two major drama fights. Um, In that entire season. And they were both stupid. Um, And um, so far we're three episodes in of Matt James. And we have massive blowouts. Surrounded by two people. And it's just, it's annoying. I'm just annoyed. And Matt doesn't have a backbone. But we'll get into all of this. So let's let's start with the beginning of the episode. Um, We cold open on a donkey. And... What's with the cold opens? So, I don't know. Like, I don't, did they get a new producer or new editing team? Because I've never, they're opening every episode with a cold open of something that happens in the rest of the episode. And I just, it kind of ruins the fun of finding out who gets the one-on-one date. Because the cold open is about the the one-on-one with Serena. And it kind of took away the fun of the fact that Serena was going to get a one-on-one. It just did. I'm over the cold opens. Um, I'd rather them, here's what I really would rather they do. I'd rather they take one of the funnies at the end of the episode that they do during the credits, and I wish they would open up with that. Like, that would be so much more entertaining than a cold open about a donkey on a date that we didn't know was happening. I digress. So we're actually going to get into the episode, which uh, we open back up to Sarah passing out during the Rose Sumeroni. And let me tell you, at the beginning of the episode, I'm team Sarah. At the end of the episode, I am not team Sarah. I don't think I'm team anybody, actually. But I'm definitely not team Sarah at the end. But I am team Sarah at the beginning, okay? Because the girls are just like a little vile here, okay? So... We all know that when this show is filmed and they do these rose ceremonies, it's hours. He'll do two or three roses, go back to another room, get another list of names, come back and do two or three roses, and then so on and so forth. And at the beginning, when there's 25 girls standing on the risers, it, it, it takes a long time for that. And so, <sighs> so and, then, and then they don't eat they're not eating, they're emotionally exhausted, they haven't, they probably haven't slept, they drink, they're fed beverages on this show, and so by the time the, the rose ceremony is coming around, like, yeah, anybody would feel faint. It's kind of the same idea as like a wedding, right? You've had this big, long, exhausting day, a couple of days. If you don't eat right, if you don't properly hydrate, if you've been drinking, they tell you don't lock your knees, and if you lock your knees, you pass out. It's the same idea. But these women are insinuating that she did it for attention, that she can't handle the pressure of the show, which we do find out later that she cannot handle the pressure of the show, but I don't think that had anything to do with her passing out. I don't think that's why she passed out. I think she just passed out because of exhaustion. And so all these women are like, (laughs) they're mad at her for having a natural body function, okay? And then they get even more mad because Matt, um, like, takes her outside and, like, gets her some fresh air, and it's, like, there for her, which I would expect anyone to do. Like, I would expect any of these, any of the leads to take that time, right? So then Victoria, which, blessed it, oh, we're still talking about Victoria. She says um, that she's never fainted for attention, but honestly, I just find that hard to believe because if anybody's going to faint for attention on the show, I think it's probably Victoria because she's watching the room to see what she can copy, so maybe Victoria will pass out. In the next rose ceremony, and then Matt will finally send her home. Um, also, I forgot how bad Victoria's dress was. It was the flowery dress. We're still in it, the puffy flowered dress. And honestly, Victoria's wardrobe does not get better. It doesn't. So, okay, we're going to go back to the rose ceremony. Matt and Sarah, they've, they've done all they're going to do. They're outside talking, and then she feels better. And it probably was only like or four minutes let's be honest of her like needing to catch her breath outside that Matt's really with her so I'm going to recap who already has a rose because we didn't get we didn't get a recap at the beginning of this episode so Bree Sarah and Lauren have roses from the dates from last episode Piper, Kit, Maggie, Rachel, Abigail, Chelsea, Jessenia, Katie, Serena, C now we're going to pick up with Kayla, Mari, MJ, Anna, Kylie, Victoria. Um, and sends home, and maybe there were more that went home. I'm not exactly sure. Kristen, the attorney, and Mary Lynn. Mary Lynn gets sent home over Victoria because of the drama that they had during the cocktail party. And it's really unfair. Justice for Mary Lynn. See y'all in paradise. Also... <laughs> Also, let's just note that they're doing these rose ceremonies in the lobby of the hotel. Like, right when you walk into the hotel, they've set up the rose ceremony. There's no, clearly no one else is in this hotel. Like, the production has rented out the Neymar Resort. And um, they're doing these rose ceremonies in the lobby. And so the girls who go home have to walk through the revolving front door right on the other side of the ceremony. And everybody's just standing there watching, <laughs> usually in the mansion at least, <laughs> they have to go down. the no one can see them walking away. But here they walk out the front door right there with, in front of everybody. It's awful. Uh, okay, so that's the end of the road ceremony. We're going to come to the next day, um, and the girls are all um, hanging out. And Chris Harrison comes in and says, Matt is struggling being comfortable or uncomfortable. I'm not really sure what Chris Harrison says. Something about Matt is struggling to be either comfortable or uncomfortable, I'm not really sure. It doesn't matter because we're all uncomfortable in about three minutes, okay? But he also says that he is the one who's kind of cultivated, I don't think that's the right word, created these dates. And there's going to be three dates this week. Two group, one one one-on-one. Everyone is going to get a date unlike last week. So the group date is Rachel, Bree, Lauren, Kit, Serena C., Victoria, Kayla, Anna, Kylie, Katie. And the date card says today is a surprise for everyone. Matt comes in in a turtleneck. He's carrying on the Brendan tradition of the turtleneck. Apparently, turtlenecks are in. I didn't know that turtlenecks were back in fashion. And honestly, I didn't know that half the things that these women are wearing are in fashion fashion either. It's it's very influencer-styled, things that um, I probably would never wear. Um, there's a lot of crop tops. Of course, we got a lot of crop tops on Pete season, two. Um, there's a lot of crop tops. There's a lot of turtlenecks. Brie is just wearing, like, a white T-shirt with, like, the sleeves rolled under, like I would do if I was playing volleyball in PE class. But she looks fantastic. If I wore some of these things, Serena on their date wears a turtleneck and, like, a flannel shirt over it. And if I were to wear that, I would look like um, – a female rancher in Wyoming, or perhaps I would look like the top half of a duggar. They wear it; they look fantastic. And I think that's the difference in me, a thirty-four-year-old mother, than twenty-four-year-old influencers. Anyways, um, and then they walk into this room, and it's um, it's like a lounge in the name of Colin Um, And the room is dark, and we hear someone reading from an erotic novel. (laughs) I don't even know how I'm going to talk about this section of the show, guys. Um, It was a lot. Um, Someone is reading from a steamy love scene from an erotic novel, and it just so happens to be Ashley I. And also, this happens to be a plug for Chris Harrison's love novel, which 100% Chris Harrison didn't write this. Chris Harrison had a ghostwriter, and he put his name on. ABC helped publish it. So anyways, apparently Chris Harrison has written some fictional love story that includes some steamy erotic scenes and the girls now are challenged with writing their own steamy love scene of them with Matt and then they're going to read it in front of a live audience. And honestly, when he said live audience, I was like, okay, who? (laughs) Are they like making the staff of the name of (laughs) Colin? kind of listen to this, like are we going to see like the janitors and the kitchen staff? Um, the front desk folks and the housekeepers. No. It, the live studio audience, it's just the other girls that aren't on the date. <laughs> I kind of wish it was the Nima Cullen staff. I think that would have been <laughs> way more fun. Like of course they're a little bit open because they already know everybody in the room but like if they had put like um, Michael the janitor and um, you know jessica from the front desk in there maybe maybe the scene would have gone a little differently (laughs) matt goes first he reads something about chocolate cake i'm not really sure um and then anna is the first girl to go and she reads a story about the fantasy suite um and honestly y'all i can't repeat anything that these women say it is not okay (laughs) Why is this a challenge other than to promote Chris Harrison's book in the most shocking and memorable way possible? Like I, you know what I would have liked to say better. I wish they had given them phones, and made them sext Matt. That would have made <laughs> that would have been more entertaining to me. Like they have to sit next to each other and sext each other. <laughs> Uh, also, if I had to participate in this challenge, I would be unwell. Unwell. I would not. And I am a person who has no shame and no filter. Like, you would think this would be great for me, but I. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> they bleep Katie a lot. The girl, not me, the Katie on the show, who has a fantastic character arc in this episode. They bleep her a lot. Um, Chris Harrison's face is just like. Because she's reading straight up fictional porn. But I will say, I think that she grows on me so much in this episode. And I think that Katie just may be really funny and fearless. Like, I think she's just like, you know what? Like, here I am. I'm having a great time. I have a, I have a hard time believing she's still a bank marketing manager when she went back to the real world. <laughs> I don't think she has a job. I probably wouldn't employ her. Um, but... uh you know that scene in Ant-Man where um, Paul Rudd gets fired from the Baskin-Robbins because they found out he's a criminal, but he's like, man, it's amazing, but, like, I have to fire you. But, like, way to go. Like, that's awesome. Um, that's kind of how I feel like the bank that Katie works for <laughs> feels about her today. But also, like, Victoria just may be so obnoxious that she makes Katie look good. So if Victoria was out of the equation, Katie would be the obnoxious one, but because Victoria is so insane, Katie looks kind of normal um victoria talks about the royal engagement of course it is bleeped a lot um it's actually kind of funny i don't hate it she makes a yes queen joke at the end it's really kind of funny and if i were these girls i would capitalize on this and i would post what i actually said like on instagram or something um so that people could hear what i wrote um Meanwhile, Sarah is in the back. She's part of the live studio audience, and she's not doing, not doing well. Um, she, this is the beginning of the spiral for Sarah. So she's saying, you know, I had this, like, amazing date with Matt essentially yesterday, two days ago. I'm not exactly sure where it falls in the timeline. She had this amazing date with Matt. They have this great connection. And then she has to sit there and watch these other women date Matt and I get that this this is a common insecurity on this show, common insecurity. And honestly, I would feel the same thing. Like, it is hard to see the person that you have feelings for or, like, also like other people. I mean, it's just like high school when you have a crush on a guy who doesn't have a crush on you, right? Um, or you, you have a crush on the guy who's the flirt with everybody. Like, that's really difficult to see. But Sarah begins to spiral in this moment. And then we go to the after party, and um, Rachel gets the first aside. I don't know what they talk about other than that she's just really pretty. Brie goes next. She's also really pretty. Um, Rachel is, like, effort pretty. Like, she's naturally gorgeous, but then she, like, really knows how to do her makeup, and she has great style, and she um, can accessorize well, Like she puts effort into her look. Brie is that girl who is, like, effortlessly pretty. She clearly also puts a lot of effort into her look, but she makes it look like there is no effort, and those are the people I'm jealous of. Like, I have a pageant background, which Rachel also does, and so we know how to play with our features. We know how to do our makeup. We really enjoy doing our makeup, but, like, I am not an effortlessly pretty person. <laughs> if I look pretty, I had to try. Brie is not like that. Brie is that person who can like put on a t-shirt and look phenomenal in it. Um, and, I, and I'm just jealous of those people. Um, and then we also get a date card during this time. Um, Serena P is going to get the one-on-one it says let love lead the way. And this is where things really start to get crazy with Sarah. They notice that she doesn't come down for the date card. So typically like if you're not in the room when they're about to do a date card, like the producers will get gather everyone to the common room. These girls aren't just sitting on these couches all day long waiting on something to <laughs> They're like off doing their own thing, but there's like a certain time that the day card is going to come and then they are all sitting there waiting on it and they're acting like they've been sitting there all day. Um, and the door knocks and then somebody gets the day card and reads it. So Sarah doesn't come down for this um, because apparently shit, Sarah is sneaking out to go find Matt on his date with the other girls and I am yelling in my living room, no, Sarah don't do this. It only gets worse from here. So we go back to the date, and Matt is having a conversation with Katie. And Katie has said, you know, she really hasn't even had a conversation with Matt besides the first night. Um, she did, wasn't on the group date last time, or she was, and then they she didn't win. I think that's what it was. She was on the team that didn't win last week, so she didn't get anyone on one time with Matt at all. And so this is the first time that she's sitting down and having a conversation with Matt. And Sarah, they get this girl the back door entrance she comes into the room where they are she doesn't even go to the girls first she goes to where Matt and Katie are having this conversation and she says can I steal you for a minute and Katie the look on Katie's face is like I am about to cut you and honestly like I would be the same way um here's one thing that I I wouldn't do well with on this show so if someone comes into my date and they say can I steal you for a second I would be like no And I would make myself look terrible. I would. I would make myself look awful. But like, no. No, you can talk to him in between me and the next girl. Because you're not supposed to be here. That's how I would say it. Which would get me in trouble. And Matt doesn't have a backbone to say no either. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't have a backbone because he actually likes Sarah. And he doesn't care that much about Katie. um, Or if Matt just doesn't have backbone. Because he should also say yes I'd love to talk to you. Let me finish. And plus, this is just like decorum. This is just like etiquette. Let me finish my conversation with Katie. It'll be two or three minutes, and then I'll, I'll find you afterwards. You'll wait outside the door. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't have the backbone to do that. Um, and she tells Matt that she's just feeling incredibly insecure about the process. And this show is not good for people who struggle with abandonment insecurity. So people who have struggled with, um, you know, cheating in the past or have abandonment issues with their dad or um, have some control issues. The show is not good for that. It's going to bring out every single one of those insecurities. But, Sarah, like, you just have to stay at home and cry. Um, every girl is having these insecurities um and if you need to be reassured 24 hours after your date that's not good also he doesn't need to know that you're having these insecurities so there's a fine line to be drawn on this show of like my feelings as a contestant and the lead's feelings because you are only managing your own The lead is managing himself and all of the other contestants. And it's not a game of, I want all of his attention so that I will win. The game really should be, I want him to make the best decision. And Katie makes that point later. Um, I don't want, if I'm the last man standing at the end of this, I don't want him having any other feelings for any other women that he's met on this show. Like, I want him to be totally sure and secure of our relationship. And the way you do that is by giving him the time and space to, to realize those things. Giving him the time and space to explore the other relationships and let him make those decisions. Sarah is not able to do that. She is not able to let him do that. Um, Katie storms back in. <laughs> Katie in this moment is me, okay? I would do this exact same thing. So Katie comes back in and is like, yeah, okay. Um, it's been a couple of minutes, but um, I, yeah, I'd like to get back to my conversation with Matt. And she's like, I just need five more minutes, Sarah. So I just need like five more minutes. And so Katie's like, okay. So she waits in the room. <laughs> like, one of those, like, <laughs> one of those, like um, Chinese dividers, you know, the folding things. And Katie just waits behind there. <laughs> and like two minutes later, she's like, okay, um, yeah, it's time for you to go now. And Sarah's like, okay, well, can you just walk me out, Matt? Which then, of course, is another like three or four minutes. Katie's pissed. pissed. I would be the same way, though. Like, uh, Like, no, you can't have more time. So Matt eventually goes back to Katie and Sarah goes out to the other girls, which was a mistake. She should have just left. Um, She goes back out to the other girls to apologize for coming in on their date. And the girls are like, no, you don't get to apologize. You should have come in here first if you were going to do it. And you don't get to come in here and apologize for an action that you knew was going to result in this response. Right? So Sarah knew, and she says this was her worst fear, was was the girl's reaction. So if you know you're going to elicit that certain response, then it should change your actions. I mean, it just should. Um, Sarah leaves in tears. Victoria chases after her. Victoria does not have good intentions in this confrontation. She's like, oh, I just wanted to check on you. No, you can't do that. Victoria does not have good intentions. Katie comes out with good intentions of, like, what are you doing? Like, if you have these insecurities, you're making problems for everyone else. This is your own problem, and you need to go home and solve it and figure yourself out. But stop bringing it on to the rest of us. Katie makes really excellent points here, and has, honestly has every right to be upset about it. Um, And then, of course, there's no more time on the date, and the group date's going to go to Rachel, and so that means, like, Three or four of the girls on this group date did not get time with Matt. And here's what irks me also about this show, the time constraints. <laughs> there is unlimited time. They are literally doing nothing else, nothing else. Um, if Matt wanted to talk to every single one of those girls, he could. Um, he could demand that of the producers, and the producers have really have no choice um, because Matt's the lead. Matt can make a big stink so Matt says you know like I it's really not fair I wanted to talk to all of the girls we're going to take 30 more minutes and I'm going to take some time with each one of these girls if he wanted to do that he would um yeah there's just literally no reason the time is simply for um production to be able to make drama about girls not getting time that's all it is Um, And, again, Matt is too soft for a lead. He's unable to say no to the producers. He's unable to say no to these women, which he's he's an extremely nice person. Like, that's okay. It is okay. But to be a lead on the show, you've got to have a little bit of a backbone in order to be able to control the situation. At the end of the day, this is about you. This is about you finding love. And if you aren't able to control the situation, it's not going to work the way you want it to. So then um, it's the next morning. Serena is ready for her date. She's looking like a cute lumberjack. They're all wondering where Sarah is because, again, the producers gather everyone down for um, them to see Matt and Serena leave the date. So uh, Matt comes in, and he asks where Sarah is. And they're like, I don't know. We haven't seen her in three days. Um, She didn't come downstairs. He goes to look for her. There's another way that Matt doesn't have a back mole. He should have just been like, I had left with Serena because it's it's Serena's time. And as a lead, that's what you should do. So he goes to look for her. They, like, lay on the bed and make out for a little bit. And he said he would just take five minutes. Clearly, it pro- I think it probably took closer to, like, 45 minutes to an hour because all the girls are like, this is way longer than 10 minutes. Um, and then Matt tells her that like he has feelings for her and he wants her to be there and uh, they're like making out. Sarah gets, but ex- this is exactly what Sarah wanted. It's exactly what she wanted. She wanted that attention and she, she, she figured out that she can work Matt. And listen, that's not a bad thing, okay? So it's not a bad thing to know how to work the man. As a woman, it's not a bad thing to know how to work your man. Um. You should be able to know how your partner responds to your needs and how that you can elicit the response that you want and need. Some, some guys, it's just straight up like, yo, I need attention. Can you give it to me? Some guys, they need a little more prodding and pushing. So that's okay. It, it, it cannot, it's neither positive nor negative. It's just that Sarah's figured it out really early, and she knows that if she doesn't show up to this to the date, Matt's going to look for her because she already knows that she already has Matt in her pocket. Matt's going to look for her, and if she's not there, maybe he'll come find her. The problem is, if he had not have done that, it would have been even worse for Sarah. It would have been, oh, he doesn't care at all, instead of just being like, oh, he's doing his job. Anyways, Sarah gets exactly what she wants, which in turn really makes the situation worse. It really makes the situation worse. And then Serena's just, like, being patient. And then when he says it's time to go, she's like, okay, and then leaves with him. And I would have a hard time. Like, he and I would have to have a conversation about, and maybe that wouldn't fare well for me. There are many situations on the show that I realize that I wouldn't do well with it. But maybe it wouldn't fare well for me because I would have to have had a conversation with him, like, listen, I know that, like, Sarah is struggling, it's clear to us, and I know you feel like you have an obligation to her, but you also have an obligation to everyone else here, and I don't appreciate you giving, you know, however much of my time to her when this is supposed to be about you and me. But anyways, so their date, they go horseback riding, which is, an, which is another big note for I'm learning as I watch the show that I probably would not do any of the dates. I would be terrified to do any of these dates. I don't get close to animals who are bigger than me. It's just a general rule that I have. I'm fine with them behind a fence. I like them. They're pretty. They're beautiful animals. They're they're interesting animals, but like I am not going to get close enough to one. And that's not just horses, it's any other horse. Like I don't ever want to ride an elephant, you know? I don't I don't I don't want to be anywhere near an animal that's bigger than me if there's not a barrier in between us. <laughs> People die when they fall off horses. I don't want to do that. So they have a, the horseback riding date. It's really not that that spectacular. They just have like pleasantry conversations. And then they sit down and they have a picnic, uh, which is hilarious. They're having to make their own charcuterie board. <laughs> what in the Instagram influencer are they doing, right? So it's just like plastic containers, and they have to put together this charcuterie board. <laughs> They're really struggling here, guys. Um... Serena opens up a little bit about her daddy issues. She does, he doesn't support her being on the show, and that he just wanted her to follow a specific path. And Serena's kind of chosen the long, the long way to get there, and um, and that they kind of butt heads on that. Matt tells her that he has feelings for her, but Matt has feelings for everyone. Like literally everyone, he's got feelings for everyone. Serena is very honest in this. Um, she says that she's, she's falling in like and not in love yet, and and I love that she's really being honest here because a lot of the girls are a lot we see this all the time on the show. They're like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm already falling in love. I'm like this is your first date. Do you fall in love on the first date? Maybe you did. Like, I, I mean, like with my boyfriend, we went on a first date and I knew. There was extreme potential for a relationship there. I really liked him a lot. at that In that moment, I chose to pursue the relationship with him and with no one else. And you can see yourself with somebody for a very long time. I knew he would be around for a long time. But I didn't... I wasn't in love with him after the first date. So I appreciate that Serena is... Um, she's also really cute. She has pretty teeth. They're, like, really straight and white. And and she's got big teeth, and I got big teeth. And so, like, I'm really jealous of people who have big teeth, but also great teeth. Hers are really fantastic. She's such a cute girl. Um, also, I think it's interesting. All of the one-on-ones he's picked so far are, like, what I would consider the the prettiest of the group. Like, the most attractive like if you're going to line them all up they would be like top five based solely on looks based solely on looks I would pick all of them in the top five um so then we go to the night portion they talk about previous relationships Serena says she's only had one boyfriend before and she's been very picky in her relationships and Matt says he doesn't feel like he's ever been in love before if he'd asked him when he was younger he would say yes but now that he's older maybe he's questioning those things um, and, and that's a totally normal conversation I appreciate those conversations um, he gives her the date rose, they're very cute we finally get a shirtless Matt James where we are halfway through this episode and we finally get a shirtless Matt James and there are no Pelotons in this episode um, because they're getting back in the wood-fired hot tub to drink and champagne and um, then uh, that's it so then we go back to the girls who are all sitting around and they're all upset that Sarah won't come down and face them and I agree it's time to own up to it like at some point the more you ignore a situation the worse it gets sometimes you just have to like swallow it and go downstairs and be like yo like I made a decision that clearly bothers the rest of you um I did what I felt was right for me and I'm sorry that doing what's right for me you know affects everyone else but that's just the situation that we're in like that's how you work that's how you do that like own up to what you did i'm sorry that the actions i felt i had to take hurt your feelings i did my intention was not to hurt any of you my intention was to get my point across with that i'm sorry that the end effect of that is how you are hurt if she had done that at 9 a.m the day of they probably would have been okay they didn't she decided to stay up in her room all day long crying and sulking i hope she got a nap and then they get a knock on the door and it's a date card and then sarah magically appears and it's like oh, oh sorry excuse me." And so she could sit down on the couch because it's time for her to be on the date card she was she knew she wasn't gonna get the one-on-one date so she didn't come down for that but now she's it's time for her to be on a date card so she comes down Y'all, they don't even read this date card. We don't even know who goes on this next date because they just immediately launch into her. And it, this is where I, get, I don't i don't like any of this situation because the girls are straight-up awful to her. And, there's, and this comes with the maturity, how to handle conflict, of, like, you can address a conflict with someone without being extremely rude to them. And the girls are just, particularly Victoria and Kit and a little bit of Serena C. They're just really rude to her. Um, But they do all tell her how it is. Um, Anna is right, Anna is the one who makes the really good point here of if she had to talk to Matt every time she felt insecure, no one would have any time with him. Insecurity is how this works. Like Anna is in the position that she has not spoken to Matt yet. She was on the group date and was one of the girls that did not get time with him because Sarah interrupted. Serena was also one of the girls. Um, And if you needed validation every moment that you felt insecure on the show, then you would monopolize all of the time. And Sarah is a really crappy apologizer. She's not a person that is able to gather her emotions and then speak properly on them. Um and so it just kind of makes things worse. Um we don't even find out who's on the state card. But we do see Sarah still hiding afterwards, and she's making it worse on herself by doing so. At some point, like you gotta dig yourself out of your own little depression hole and move on about your life. Um she is the one she is In a matter of insecurity, and I say this as someone who has struggled very much so with insecurities, Um, insecurities are all in your mind, and you, you are the one who makes yourself spin out. Now, regardless of how the other person treats you, affects you, whatever, your insecurities are all in your mind. And you have to be able to learn how to overcome your own insecurities. Sarah is not able to do that. She sits in it and makes things worse for herself. Um, But then Katie comes to find her, and Sarah tells her that she's she's made up her mind. She's going to leave. Katie does tell her that she needs to stay for Matt um, because. If they have the connection that's established, Matt is always going to wonder what if about Sarah. And Katie says, if I'm the one at the end of this that he picks, I don't want, in the back of his mind, thinking, well, if Sarah had stayed, would I have picked her? I wouldn't want that either. And then Katie also, they have a heart-to-heart about her, um, Sarah's dad, and how that's weighing on Sarah. And Katie says, you know, I lost my dad in 2012, and there is nothing that would be more important to me than spending those last days with her dad and we don't know I don't we don't go into detail about how Katie lost her dad but she says that she didn't get that final goodbye with him and Katie was like "I I would give anything for that and if you have that opportunity that should be your priority not the bachelor and she's right she is very much right so go Katie She has this incredible character arc from dildo girl to the only one speaking honest truth. She has some forgiveness and grace in her because she's really the one that was affected in the date situation. Sarah, it happened on her time. And she really has all the reason to be upset with Sarah. And instead, she's the bigger person here. And it's like, what is going on? Can you just tell me what's going on? And let me help you walk through it. And Katie just speaks some really good advice over her. Um, And Sarah decide she's going to leave so katie breaks the news to the rest of the girls that she is in fact leaving and sarah goes to the batch pad and i was already annoyed with sarah at this point but it gets this is what bothers me and i'm not saying you can't have multiple reasons for wanting to leave but sometimes it's her dad sometimes it's the fact that she's insecure it's the fact that the girls she's not getting along with the girls but she just tells matt maybe she tells him more um we just don't get to see it um that she feels attacked in the house and that the women are malicious and she's just alone in there sarah don't do that don't blame the other women for your insecurities you did this you she worked herself up as my mother would say she worked herself up into a tizzy and she's the one that that did this to herself So you don't get to blame the other women and she sends herself home and she's crying in the limo about how she feels like matt sees her heart and he's a big family person and so she sees her heart and knows that she needs she's going where she needs to be but i have a bold prediction i think that sarah maybe comes back but i think that sarah's going to come back way late in the game i think she's going to come back in like the final four or five maybe right before fantasy suites or hometowns sarah's going to show up um again the editing didn't feel final um it is fairly obvious that matt is really attracted to her and i think i think she's gonna come back um and that's it for the episode we have a preview that there's five new girls next week for no freaking reason we only have like 20 we still have like 20 girls like like can we not just pick from the ones that we have um, and one of them has, and, and we still haven't seen Heather come back. Jeez. Um, one of them has a crown on in the introductions, um, so that's going to be a problem. And then Anna is going to spill the beans that she's been told some rumors about one of the girls maybe being a, an escort or a, you know, a call girl. So that's going to be interesting. It's not going to be interesting. I'm, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm hoping now that Sarah's gone, maybe. I, I, no, it's not going to. That's the thing. Like, With Sarah gone, they're just going to give us another drama story. And the problem is we're not learning about any of the girls that are going to end up at the end of this. Um, I, I want to know some more about these girls. I want to actually know about these women and not about their drama. So, you know, Matt's boring. Matt is boring. Matt is a boring bachelor. I'm bothered by it. Just has not a lot of personality. He seems like a really nice guy, which is great. But it doesn't make for good television. So, you know, that's just me. Um,. Also, the, you know, the beans have come out that Sarah was dating g Easy at the beginning of spring this past year. Like, at, at the beginning of the year, she was seen out with g Easy. So maybe her insecurities come from dating a, a famous womanizer. I don't know. Maybe Sarah doesn't have great choices in men. <sighs> That's the episode. If you are a fan of The Bachelor, and if you are um, enjoyed me rambling on for 40 minutes about it, Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. And make sure that you're following me on Instagram at Katie Talks Trash, um, where during the episode every week I kind of live, live story, just kind of give my in-the-moment reactions, and then I, I talk about them more in-depth here on the podcast. So make sure that you're following. Drop me a line that you listened, and uh, I guess that's it. So cheers to next week.